All right, everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of Edit Career Schools, The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. So today is going to be a lot of fun because we're talking about admissions and appointment setting. So this has been an ongoing challenge for so many schools across the board, because in a lot of cases, the lead flow is there, right? But now it comes to a point where we're thinking, all right, why is it that so many students refuse to set the appointment? And for the advisors that do have the appointments, guess what? They're ghosting them. They're not even showing up. So now we have to get to the bottom of this. And to help me walk through this topic, I have an OG with me today. <laughs> she is a higher education consultant who specializes in admissions. So welcome, Miss Becky Blakely. How are you today, Becky? Good morning. I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you. And so first off, I always ask everyone this question about how their journey started in higher education, because the responses vary drastically. Mm, All right. Yeah. So talk to us about your journey. How did you even get your footing in higher education? Well, yeah, I would love to share. So um, I actually started off, yeah, I've been in higher ed for um, celebrating actually 20 years almost in higher ed. So wow. it's been a long journey. Yeah. And so um, I started off my journey as a uh, adjunct professor in higher ed. Really? So, yeah. My, my love and my passion was really working with students and being in the classroom. And I taught English as a second language, and I was an adjunct professor at different um, language schools, colleges, universities, and that was actually um, in California, where there was a really big need for, for English as a second language. So that's kind of how I got started in higher ed, and I've dipped my toe in the water in different positions within higher ed, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> but I found my way to admissions uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't too long after I started teaching mm -hmm. that I got introduced into admissions. I want to say it was like two or three years, uh, after, after I had been, um, in the classroom as an adjunct, uh, professor, I actually had the opportunity to interview for an admissions position because I was looking for something that was full time. I, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want to be kind of traveling from one school to the next, dealing mm -hmm. with traffic. I wanted something full time and something, you know, 40 hours a week with benefits. So um, I, a friend of mine said, Hey, have you ever thought about doing admissions? Your heart mm -hmm. is for students. Um, you know, you love, you love working with people. And I said, yeah, I would love to get more information about it. And I went for an interview and I was pretty much from then on, it's been admissions. It's been different different types of admissions, right? Uh -huh. So trade schools, beauty schools, uh, traditional colleges and universities, community colleges. I've kind of dipped my toe in the water at uh -huh. uh, different, you know, different types of establishments. Um, but I've always gone back to admissions because that's where my heart is. And, uh, you know, I, I just love helping people change their life. And, and that's what admissions is all about. So crazy to me because a lot of times when you think of the admissions role, right, a lot of people may come from a sales background 
right? Or even different departments. You may see financial aid transition. You may see career services transition. Seldom do you see an adjunct professor transition into an admissions role. And here's the second thing. A lot of times, the minute that you get into an admissions role, it's going to be really hard for you to leave. All right. I have tried to, you know, transition out of admissions a couple times. And it's like, nope, something just pulls you back. Go back. To the, you go back. And, you know, that's how Always. you know that you're admissions at heart. <laughs> Always. And, and I've tried. I mean, Mm -hmm. I tried and, and, and I've, I've gone and done sales, you know, been sales manager, inside mm -hmm. sales manager, you know, department head at different companies, but it was never the same fulfillment and reward no. that I got from being an educational sales. So exactly. every time I would go back to admissions. Every I time. love that. I love that. Well, Becky, let's jump into the appointment setting. Okay. Because I know there are so many advisors across the board right now are probably scratching their head or pulling their hair out and they're saying to themselves i'm totally confused because i'm having a lot of great conversations but then all i'm hearing is all right so um i'll get back to you in like the next month or two so let's go over the top five reasons why students may not schedule the appointment. okay yes all right. So first of all, I just want to say when I'm coaching a team, so mm -hmm. I, I've kind of transitioned now to admissions, you know, just kind of helping to train and coach teams mm -hmm. where they should be. And I'm really big on metrics and numbers and just being Absolutely. aware of where's your benchmark, where should you be, right? So as a part of my job now as an admissions trainer and consultant, like that, that's a big part of it. So I am always training my teams to be at a 55% booking rate. So uh, think about this, of all the leads that come into your system, you want to book an appointment with 55% or mm -hmm. more of those leads, right? So that means Absolutely. if I get, right? So just easy math, 55%, a little over half, you know, that's what my goal should be. Mm -hmm. So just something to kind of point you guys towards, and that can be different. You know, you want to get with your DOA about if, you, if you're unclear about what your goal is for appointments, you know. Your, your appointment setting rate, uh, but my recommendation is 55% for this. So uh, we'll start off with that because I think it's really important to just work towards a goal mm -hmm. uh, when you when you're want to improve someone, right? Because what we track and what we measure improves. So Absolutely. we want to have that in mind. And then with that being said, you know, I think the biggest problem that a lot of people face when setting appointments is that it takes too long to have contact with the student. It takes 100%. So I have a couple, I'm a big statistics girl, and I have okay. a couple of statistics to share with you about this. So it takes, on average, eight attempts to get in contact with a, pros with a prospect mm -hmm. in the sales cycle, right? It takes eight attempts. So my question is, to a lot of admissions representatives, can you honestly say that you attempted eight times to contact someone? Most of them don't even, don't even attempt three times, right? <laughs> much less eight. So we know, we know that a lot of times, like we said, ultimately admissions is a sales role. It's educational sales. It's consultative sales. It's a different type of sales. And, you know, it's, it's a different approach, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we still know that we know that sales is, is kind of a numbers game. 
That's right. And so if it takes eight attempts to get a hold of someone, please do not give up. Someone, you know, you call someone one time and think, oh, they didn't answer my call. So they're not interested. We know that it takes eight times. So first of all, don't give up on your prospects. We just got to know that in the back of our mind. It's, it's, it. sometimes it's going to be the long game, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I find really interesting, Kathy, and I mean, this is really, really interesting. So the statistic behind this is that 77% of mm -hmm. students in career training settings, okay, mm -hmm. will go or enroll with the first school that makes contact with them, the very first one. I definitely believe that. I definitely believe that. Sometimes you will hear an advisor saying, so have you looked into any schools? And they're like, no, this is the first one. That's why you only get one shot. You yeah. only get one shot to build rapport with that student. Yes. That's true. So it's so important because if you're not making contact with them, somebody else will, because we yeah. know that they're, they're looking at multiple schools. There's, you know, other people who are offering the same programs. A lot of time, in a lot of cases, you know, who your competitors are shoot. They could be, you know, five minutes down the street from you, mm -hmm. but you know, statistics show us that, that, I don't know, 77%, we can round that up to, to 80%. So eight out of 10 people are going to go with the first school that got in contact with them or contact meaning like not, Oh, I sent them a text. Oh, mm -hmm. I left them a voicemail. I'm talking about like, I had a real conversation. Yep. You're right. So the problem is we're, we're taking too long to get these conversations going. And that's why we're not setting the appointment because either they've already moved on or maybe they've already made up their mind with another school because we're either giving up or, you know, we're, we're not doing the do, we're not making the calls, we're not doing the things we need to do to have those conversations. Yep, and you know what, connecting to that speed to lead is very important <clears throat> because too many advisors sit on these brand new leads. So hello, our students are habitual shoppers. So if in fact you do not contact that lead within the first five or 10 minutes, guess who they're on the phone with? Another school. So now you're calling, calling, and you're like, you know what? This person isn't interested. Well, maybe because they're already talking to another school because you took too long. Exactly. Exactly, Gabby. Again, okay. I mean, I feel like we could talk about this for a long time, hours, but. Hours, okay. <laughs> what about giving all the information over the phone? How do you feel about that? Because I realize that that can get very controversial <laughs> really yeah. quick. But how do you feel about that? Yeah. So that's actually one of in my top five of why people don't um, show up for their appointment. Uh -huh. to be honest with you, As far as like, I don't, I see that more of a reason why people will ghost someone uh -huh. because you're giving too much information over the phone. So I know, like you said, it's very controversial. We don't, you know, we don't want to appear shady. If someone has questions, we want uh -huh. to address those questions. But I think a lot of times people, we have to be the leader. We have to lead the conversations. So we, the, really the first phone call is to get to know the person, not to word vomit about like the program or anything like that. Because I would say probably like the second, the second reason why uh -huh. people don't, don't set an appointment is because there's no rapport built. There's no relationship established. So I would say that's probably the second reason why people uh -huh. don't, don't set the appointment is because it really is just like. Let me get the information, hang up, call the next school. So they have no tie or no connection to that 
um, admissions representative or that advisor to, to say, oh, wow, I really had a great conversation with Kathy. Mm -hmm. I want to go and meet her. I want to see what the school is all about. Mm -hmm. She really cared about me. Yeah, I definitely agree. When it comes to um, giving too much information, I actually had that on both lists. Because mm. if you're talking to a student for the very first time, what are they doing? They're vomiting all of these questions, right? Mm -hmm. And you're giving them all of the information and they're writing it down. And now when you go set the appointment, they're like, oh, you know what? Um, I think I have everything that I need. You know, I'm looking into a couple other schools. I give you a call back. You just yeah. gave them everything. So there's no reason for them to set the appointment. But then also what advisors don't understand sometimes is you're selling yourself. Just like mm -hmm. you said, rapport building. Mm -hmm. Our students by nature are procrastinators. So oh. what is going to get me off of my couch onto three buses and a train to come see you if I don't feel like there's any type of connection in the first place? Right. Okay. And, so, so. and sometimes it takes time. So I'll coach mm -hmm. people to say that first call should be anywhere between like 10 and 15 minutes. That's it. Between 10 and 15 minutes for that first call to really mm -hmm. do your due diligence, build your rapport, ask the right questions, because there's no point of setting an appointment if it's not that they're not going to show up. Right. Exactly. So we have to, we're not just, we're not just booking to book. We're booking so that they're going to show up and then ultimately they're going to enroll. So we have that end in sight. You know, I love that you said booking to book because the old school advisors appointments were something that you had to have, you know, the five, three, one, five appointments set, three show, one enroll. So what, we're ha what was happening is a lot of shaky appointments were being set because, you know, your director were com was coming around at any point in time and saying, let me see a book. So mm -hmm. you'll be able to hold up your book and say, when yeah. you know for a fact that four of those people were, don't have a chance of showing up, you know, so it really goes back to, are we just throwing appointments at the wall and praying that they're going to stick? Or are you really setting a quality appointment that you actually want to show up so you can help them? Right. So it goes back to the advisor. What else do mm -hmm. you have on your list, Becky? Okay. So we talked about no relationship, no rapport. And, mm -hmm. and I think we kind of touched on my number three, which is that the student doesn't see the value in the appointment. So they don't, they don't understand why they need to physically come in, right? So it's not only our job as admissions advisors to build the relationship, but it's mm -hmm. also our job to build the value of the next step. Exactly. Right. Get them excited about it, you know, and, and not, like you said, not give all the information out over the phone. It's just, I can't wait to show you this right? Mm -hmm. Whatever this might be, whatever it is that they're, they're sharing with you. I can't wait to introduce you to this person, you know, are, mm -hmm. you know, are, you know, I think you are going to hit it off so great with this instructor. I can't wait to introduce you to them when you come in, mm -hmm. you know, you know, in our case, we call it career planning sessions, tour, you know, appointment, wh whatever it is that you call, you know, your visit, mm -hmm. to you have to build the value in that. So think about it, like you as a person, what's going to motivate you to, to, to get out of your house on a cold day in, in February? I don't know about you guys, but I live in Michigan. It's cold here. Oh, it's so, freezing over here in New York. <laughs> okay, there you go. So like, what is going to motivate me to get out? So like, not only it's, it's really like building that excitement for the student and then also showing them what's in it for them, right? Because we know that 
that they're motivated by what's in it for me, what's in mm -hmm. it for me. And we have to show that to them over the phone um, by building the rapport with the student, building the relationship, but then getting them excited and building up that excitement for the actual appointment as well. So exactly. I think that it's going to look different depending on the conversation you have, but you know, we have to, we have to, we have to get them pumped up and excited to, to, to take the next step. Absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth. What's in it for me? I think what happens, a lot of schools make the mistake of praising their schools too much. So the entire first call is all about how great we are, what we're going to do for you. We're the top 10. Our students, they don't care less any about, about any of that stuff. They want to know, okay, if I come to see you, is that going to help me get to point B, which is the reason why I'm looking for a school in the first place. So if you're not able to identify the need and then pair that to what your school has to offer, guess what? You don't have an appointment. But here's what happens. A lot of them, they do set the appointment and they're writing the number in the sky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Tomorrow too. I'll be there. And guess what? Not a chance. Not a chance. Love it. All right. Number four. Okay. Number four. So this is, this is kind of a tough one and it's not necessarily as an advisor, anything we can always change. So okay. it's a tough one for people to, to accept, but sometimes it's just a difference in priority. Mm. School is really not the student's priority. That's they might fact. say it is, they might say it is, and they might tell you that over and over again, but if they're not taking the next step to get more information and figure out what their future is going to look like, well, then their actions don't match their words and yep. the proof is in the actions. So if they're not willing to set the appointment and take the next steps, that's telling you as an advisor, this student really isn't ready. They're just not ready. And it's okay to even challenge them with that and say, you know what? It doesn't really seem like you're ready to take that next step, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you can explore that a little bit more. Sometimes just even pointing that out to the student will kind of catch them off guard. Like what? Exactly. Now they start fighting for the chance to actually yeah. <laughs> get to that appointment. What's interesting about that, too, is sometimes it has to do with the questions that are being asked, because on the surface, a lot of potential students, they don't feel like they're ready until you ask the question, well, what are you looking for? More money? What will what will more money get you? Now yeah. they start to think, wait a minute, I need to get out of this, out of this neighborhood. I can't afford to live anywhere else. Now you're starting to peel that onion back. All mm -hmm. of a sudden they have a reason that they need to come in. So sometimes it has to do with the questions. We're not asking enough questions. Everything is on the surface. And yeah. a lot of our potential students, their friends and families, they're the enablers that are saying, well, no, you can wait a couple months, right? So yeah. I think it goes back to the advisor being able to open up that conversation to help them realize, no, this is something that you actually need to do. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I think too, like it always goes back to the relationship because- mm -hmm. If you focus on the relationship and if it's the relationship first, then the appointment will follow. There you go. If it's, it, and if, if you're, if, if that's when you go into every call saying, I'm going to do what's right by the student, you know, I'm going to help this person, then 
the appointment will follow. And maybe it's not the right time for that student right then and there. And but I promise you, I promise you when they are ready, they'll remember you who yeah. took 15 minutes out of their day to talk to them when most people wouldn't give them the time of day. And they'll say, you know what? I really want to go. I really do want to go to school. Maybe one day it's just going to click. Maybe it's a week from now. Maybe it's two months from now. But I promise you, they're going to remember the person who took the time to invest in them and really talk to them and talk them through the process. Absolutely. 100% agree. And then it goes into the follow-up <laughs> because sometimes those students that are not ready right now, the advisor is saying, they're not interested. And then they never revisit that lead oh, again. Man. I know. And, and then Jay, the follow-up is a whole never conversation. <laughs> whole never conversation. Right. But whole it's so important. But it's it so ties important. into it. It ties into it. Okay. Number five. Number five. Okay. So, and this is really simple. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest reason why students do not book the first appointment is fear. It's just fear. And there's all different types of fears that people have. And it goes back to what we've been talking about this whole time. It's our job as an admissions advisor mm -hmm. to help them figure out what are their fears, what are holding them back, and then to show them that it's possible that there is a way that they do have support and that it's okay to be afraid and do it anyways, mm -hmm. right? It's okay because we all have fears. We all have fears. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really just our job to, to get them to put that fear aside for a minute, right? And look at the possibilities. And, you know, we don't want to say like overcome their fears because really yeah. they have to be the one to do that, right? Exactly. But we have to show them the way, show them the resources, and just be that person that they feel like they can trust. That's the trusted advisor. And that is really, at the end of the day, our role is to, to be that person, to provide them with, you know, build that relationship, provide them with the information, and give them the tools that they need to overcome those fears and ultimately change their life. And we can't do that for them but we get the opportunity to partner with our students to help them do that every single day. Absolutely. And that ties into trust, right? Mm -hmm. Because when it comes to setting the appointment, now they're taking action. So now mm -hmm. in their mind, they're going, oh my gosh, I'm about to do this. And everything starts to pour back in all of those false beliefs. But on the contrary, if you're able to really build a great relationship, they trust you. So even though they're afraid, they're going to say, you know what, but Becky seems like she is the key to getting me out of this situation. So despite how I feel right now, I actually can't wait to get into her presence <laughs> so yes. she can help walk me through, you know, the next step. So yes. I, I love that. I love that. And I don't think a lot of advisors realize how much fear plays into why students don't take the next step. I would say it's the number one reason. It is. I saved it for last because I think it's the most important. You saved the and best I, for last, right? <laughs> yeah, I I, th I really do. And I and there's a lot of fears. There's a, so yep. many fears and it's different for each person, but it's our job to help identify what those fears are exactly. and then, you know, help give them the information that will overcome those fears. Absolutely. 
Love it. All right. So let's get to the top five reasons why they don't show. Because now we have the advisors who have a book filled with appointments. Mm-hmm. And we're praising it. And we're like, oh, my gosh, great. And then it gets to the point where we're saying, okay, but where are they? Or <laughs> <laughs> your appointments. You had so many I know. showing up. <laughs> I know. I know. That's And that's always the worst. I mean, didn't you hate that when you were an advisor? Oh. And it's like, you know, you're always told, like, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. But I don't know about you, but I, it was so hard for me when I was human. Yeah. Like not to take it personally. Like, like I spent a lot of time with that person, you know, Uh like I really thought they were coming, but honestly, at the end of the day, I really feel like we should feel like that. If we're doing, if we're doing the first phone call, right. Uh We shouldn't be having this problem, right? It, 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 they're domino effects. So mm-hmm. if you're spending that 10 to 15 minutes and you're really getting to know the student, you're focused on the relationship, you're building the rapport, then in turn, you should have a 75% show rate. Exactly. Okay. So we know nobody's perfect, right? Nobody's going to have a hundred percent. I would love to meet a person with a hundred percent, but I don't know if they exist. Um, so Here's the thing. If we can get ourselves to a point where we got a 75 or even, you know, really, really good reps, get like an 80% show rate, uh-huh. that is amazing. That is what we should be striving for each and every single day is to get to that 75, 80% range. Would you agree with that uh, metric, Kathy? Uh, yeah. In a lot of cases, I see some schools, theirs are a little lower, like around 55% in some cases. Okay. But really and truly, if you are building that rapport and you really feel as if you're connecting, it should be higher. There's going to be some flaky students, right? But it shouldn't be 50% of the students that you speak to are flaky. You just didn't really get to the root of why they started researching a school in the first place. Yeah. So if you notice, I'll say, I'll challenge you today. If you're on this podcast or listening to this and you know that your show rate is at 75%, I want you to write down these five tips that are going to help you get there because Uh you should be at 75% or higher if you're doing it right. Okay. And this is not to like call anybody out, but it's like, let's work smarter, not harder. Uh Like let's, let's, you know, we're, we're taking a lot of time. So let's, you know, let's get these people to show up and get them through the, you know, the process. <laughs> well, here's one thing, Becky. A lot of advisors don't even pay attention to metrics and conversions at all. So there you go. Right. I know. We come in every know. day, we hold our head down and we're dialing, dialing, dialing aimlessly without a plan. The minute they start to pay attention to these metrics, now it's like, holy crap. Now they can work themselves backwards and say, this is actually where I'm going wrong in the process. So connecting to that, the first thing is, what are my metrics and what does this even mean? Right. And it will be different, I think, depending on your industry and what type of a, a school you work for. If it's a community college, if it's a university, if it's a trade school, you know, at career training school, whatever it is, I uh-huh. think they'll look slightly different. But I mean, when it comes when it comes right down to it, if you want to, uh, you know, if you if you're building good rapport, if you're doing what you need to do during the first call, I think you should hold yourself to a high standard Absolutely. and say 75 percent. That's what I want. I want 75% of my people to show. So how do you get there? So if you find yourself not at a 75% show rate, you're probably doing too much of something. And it's either A, 
I'm giving out too much information on the first call. So uh -huh. there's, no, there's no reason for them to come to their first appointment. Like you said, Kathy, exactly. You hit the nail right on the head. Uh -huh. B, I'm not building enough value in my appointment. I'm not getting that student excited to come in and take the next step. So I need to take a look at that. Like, what am I saying to build the excitement? Uh -huh. Or the most common thing that I see and very controversial is that you're doing too much texting. Oh, my goodness. That is yep. definitely a controversial topic because our students nowadays, right? They always respond to text. So we hear that excuse all the time. Yeah, but they're at work. Always make the call first, period. And if they don't answer, then you resort back to text. But there are too many advisors who feel way too comfortable doing this all day. No voice. To voice. You can't interview somebody via text message, period. <laughs> no. And you know, it's, yeah. it's a huge problem, Kathy. It's a huge problem. It's a, it's a, it's a pandemic across admissions, you know, it nationwide. Is. And, you know, here's the thing. I challenge you to think about statistics because numbers don't lie. And I love this statistic. 92%, 92% of all customer interactions happen over the phone. 92%. It's just facts. Yeah. So it, it's not to say like, maybe your student is going to prefer text as their preferred method of mm -hmm. contact, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But you have to understand that your job as the trusted advisor is to help them through the process. So you start the conversation, however they respond, right? You, mm -hmm. you call, like you said, Kathy, you call within first 15 minutes of getting that mm -hmm. lead. 15 minutes, you pick up the phone, you get that, you know, as soon as possible, speed to lead, you call. Okay. If you are not, if you are unsuccessful, you follow up with a text message, right? Uh -huh. See if they respond to that. You continue to have text messages, calls, emails. You have a variety of communications going out because you don't know how that person's going to best respond until you try all the methods, right? Exactly. And then they come in, they respond back with the text. Great. We know that they're responsive via text. Start to build the rapport with them via text. And then once they start asking questions, Boom. our job to say, hey, you know what? It, you know, here at XYZ School, our process is to have a quick 10-minute phone call, you know, to walk you through to figure out if this school is even the right fit for you. Uh -huh. When can I give you a call? You have to lead them in the right direction. It doesn't mean like you have to keep blowing up their phone. If they're responding to you via text, go yeah. ahead and text yeah. them back, but lead them to the next step, which is a phone conversation. There you go. There you go. And don't be afraid to use the school. Our process is just like you said. Do you realize that a lot of advisors are actually afraid of the phones? It's, I know it's, it's sad. so crazy because hello, you spend how much percentage of your time on the phone as an advisor, but a lot of them, they're afraid of the phones. And I think it has to do with rejection and that battle when um, the person picks up the line. Oh my gosh, I don't want to go through another conversation of uh, how did you get my information? I didn't request information. I'm no longer interested. And a lot of advisors, they really can't deal with the rejection. Yeah. You know, so they're just afraid to make the call. It's easier for them to say, all right, so via text, that's fine. But to hear it on the phone, I'm not interested. Some yeah. people, it takes them a while to get over that. 
But we have and, to get over that hump. <laughs> yeah, we and we do. We do. We have to get over it. And it's just here's the thing. Do you want to have a 75% show rate? You have to ask yourself at the end of the day. Like, uh -huh. do I want to be the best at what I what I do? Do I want to excel in what I do? Do I want to do I want to have excellence? If your answer is yes, then you got to pick up the phone. Period. Period. So sometimes it has to go back to the advisor. You have to look yourself in the mirror and you have to say, do I really want to be successful? Do I really have what it takes to do this job? Because I will tell you, if you want to be successful in this role, you have to make the calls. You have to, have to, have to connect with people over the phone. Otherwise, you will continue to have appointments that don't show. Period. And you grow in your discomfort. So there you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you have next on your list um okay so i would say lack of commitment from the student you know there's mm -hmm. unresolved obstacles that we didn't talk about over mm -hmm. the phone so this you know i'll i'll sum this up pretty quickly i think mm -hmm. that just like people don't like to get on the phone sometimes people don't like to ask hard questions either yeah so one thing i recommend adding into your script or your guide when you're um, talking to students, if you have a guide, if, if you have hard questions in there, if you don't, I don't know what your guide looks like. But one thing I always recommend that people do is when you're confirming your appointment, and you're doing the wrap up in the first call, you've got to ask something like, so Kathy, what would what would prevent you, you. from attending your appointment tomorrow at five o'clock? Get it out the way. Ask them. And then they'll tell you. That's the funny thing. You ask people a question, <laughs> they'll answer. They'll be like, oh, well, you know what? Um, I guess the only thing probably would be if I can't find a babysitter. Well, maybe up to that point, I didn't even know that Kathy had kids. And it's like, hello, well, Kathy's got kids. <laughs> that changes everything, right? Like this is, exactly. this is information. So we have got to ask those questions. They're like, maybe they're going to be honest with you and be like, well, you know, I really want to come, but. What if, I guess the only thing that would prevent me is if I can't get a ride. Well, now we know that person doesn't have transportation. Like exactly. These are important questions to ask to help the student, you know, kind of dig deeper into these issues, but mm -hmm. also to help them come up with a plan of how this is going to happen. Right. Tell exactly. them, bring your kids with you. Right. Bring your, you got kids. That's fine. Bring them to the appointment. I'd love to meet them. Don't let them use that as an excuse of why they're going to ghost you. Exactly. Is there a friend or a family member who could drop you off or attend the appointment? There goes your possible referral. Right. <laughs> because a lot of times the person that drops them off, that ends up being the PDL anyway. Right? right. But those hard questions, it helps the advisor too, because now if this person does not show up to the appointment or if they have to cancel, you already know why. Yeah. So now you don't feel as if, wow, I spent all this time with this person and they just totally disrespected me <laughs> by not showing up. Well, they actually told you why they may not show up in the first yeah. place. So it makes it lighter. You also mentioned something really simple, confirming the appointment. Yeah. And it's super simple, but so many advisors don't confirm the appointment. And I always hear, yeah, but I spoke to them last night. Emergencies can happen at any point in time. So yeah. yes, they were excited yesterday, but then they got off the phone and they started talking to their spouse and they're like, yep. Hey, where are you going tomorrow? I'm going to check out this school. Wait, 
you plan on going back to school. We didn't talk about this. There goes your appointment. Yeah. If you don't confirm the next day, you never know what happened after your conversation the day before. I totally agree with you. And I I think that that kind of ties into um, one of the things that I, on my top five is no, we don't have any engagement after we set the appointment, set it and forget it. Like there's no engagement. There's no follow-up. There's no confirmation. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, that's a huge problem. You're right, Kathy. We have to be reaching out and we have to stay in contact. You know, we're telling this person, we care about you. Uh We want to help you. So, I mean, how would you feel if if you were dating someone and, you know, they, they text you, they set a date and it's like, okay, we're going on a date, you know, in, in, in two days and then you don't hear from them, them again. <laughs> and they just expecting you to show up for that date. And they're not like, Hey, how's your day? How you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, nothing. They're just crickets. And then you don't hear from them again. And you're like, shoot, should I even show up? Like, what should I do? Like, I don't even Are they know. even going to be there? Yeah. <laughs> Our students probably feel the same way, uh-huh. you know, but that kind of goes hand in hand with another thing is I feel like, um, uh, this is number, let's see, where am I out of my list here? Oh, this is number. So number three and four kind of go together. So mm-hmm. I said number four was no engagement, but number three is the, the advisor is setting the appointment out too far. That's another reason show up, right? Like, huh? Oh yeah, I'll be there next Wednesday at five o'clock. Like what? Next Wednesday. <laughs> but next Wednesday they're saying, I'm sorry, who are you? And how did you get my number? It's <laughs> like right. that's not a conversation. No, no, we we have got to we have got to tighten up when we are setting appointments, guys. Huh? We want to do same day if and when possible. There you okay? go. If they're, if they're, if they have time to talk to you, they probably don't have a lot going on that day. Maybe it's their day off, whatever it might be. But, you know, we got to stop thinking like we're the inconvenience. It's, it's like, we are helping yeah. them. We are helping them. And the sooner that they can, can start the process, the sooner that they can change their life. Right. And and that's what we're there to ultimately do is to help that student. And if they're thinking about it now, they want to take action now. Exactly. It's like when you got a craving and you're like, oh, I really want Chinese food. And you're like, uh-huh. I'm going to start looking up some places I can order some good Chinese. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm looking up for places I want to eat, you know, next week. Who knows? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. I want to eat it for lunch right now. I want to eat it for dinner tonight. I don't want to eat it this week. Oh man, that is so true. And, and so many times they they're so afraid to set the same day because they're afraid of a no. Okay, I always say today or tomorrow because guess what? If you say today and they say no, the next thing that comes out of their mouth is "but I can do tomorrow." That's where you wanted them to fall anyway. Yes. But if you start with tomorrow, guess what? All of a sudden, you're two, three days down <laughs> the calendar, and those students are not going to show up. At all. So it's like urgency. Come on, folks. Get them out of hot. Yeah, exactly. So ideal window, zero to three days. If we're going past three days, Uh we're losing them. We're losing them. We're losing them. So I would say that's, and then my last one, Kathy, my last one, again, save the best for last. This, I'm really passionate about this. Number five reason why people ghost you is because 
The buying party is not involved. Boom. The buying party is so important. Okay. Now this is going to vary, right? Depending on your school, your demographic, you know, who it is that you're trying to reach. But if you are somebody who is a career training school, we know that our prime demographic is Gen Z. Gen Z is all about career training. This is great. This is uh -huh. a huge opportunity for career schools. But guess what? Gen Z, they are dependent students. Hello. There they you go. need their family support. Whether they think they do or not, they do. They do. So here's the thing. If you have a student show up for a first appointment without their buying party and they're a dependent student, now don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about dependent student. I'm not talking about someone who's over 24, you know, uh, married, has kids, anything that would, you know, consider them as a dependent for the FAFSA. I'm talking about a, I'm sorry, independent. independent. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm talking about dependent students, under 24, not married, no kids. Okay. That is what the FAFSA, the government, considers dependent, right? Mm -hmm. So we got to think about this. If your student is dependent and comes in for the first appointment without their support system, there is a 70% chance they're going to ghost you for the next step in the process. So Absolutely. again, we're looking ahead, right? We're, we want to set an appointment that's going to show we want the appointment to show that's going to enroll and we want the enrollment to start school. We're not wasting our time here, guys. So I'm telling you, if you cannot get the buying party to be involved, you are wasting your time. Period. Bottom line. Bottom line. So don't feel bad if they say, oh my gosh, I need to go back home and I need to talk to my mom first. Yeah, you can get the mom on the phone, but you could have wait, you could have saved so much time if you would have just invited mom or dad to the appointment, <laughs> because now you're going to be going back and forth and it may take you another three or four days to even get this student to enroll. Yeah. And I mean, uh, that student is going to be so excited once they come in uh -huh. spend an hour building a relationship with them, giving them a campus tour. They got to meet instructors. They got to meet real students that are doing what they want to do. They're going to go home. They cannot recreate that. They cannot recreate not. that process for their parents. They can't. Absolutely not. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how excited they're going to be also, because if the parent says no, that's the end of the story. <laughs> Especially if the parent is not even willing to get on the line with you so that you can give them a snapshot of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's gone. That opportunity is gone because you missed the opportunity to get the settled the very first day of the appointment. Love yeah. that. And it's, and it's so simple, right? But you'd be surprised. A lot of advisors, they don't think of any of this stuff. It's well, they're, afraid. they're afraid. They're afraid. They're yeah. afraid. Like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to lose the appointment, but you're losing the appointment anyway. Anyway, anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, let's get into some of the traits and characteristics that it's really going to take for advisors to be successful in this role. Mm, okay. So I would say, you know, you really have to, if you want to be successful as an admissions representative, you really have to consider yourself to be the face of the school and the brand. Mm -hmm. You really have to take that seriously. So I'm going to tell you guys, 
I am hired a lot to like go out, be like a mystery shopper. I've done, you know, different things where I've gone out, looked at schools, like posed as a student, kind of report back. And you would be surprised at how people come to work. You go to a beauty school and you, I'm thinking about being a cosmetologist uh -huh. or an esthetician. And I'm going to take advice from someone that rolled out of bed to come to work <laughs> that didn't even brush their, their own hair that has, that, that's wearing jeans and a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. That doesn't mean you have to be Miss America. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but it means that you have to take pride in how you look. And when Absolutely. you come to work, if you're saying, trust me, I am a professional. I am here to guide you. I am here to counsel you. Some of you might, your title might be an admissions counselor uh -huh. I'm here to provide you with counseling and guidance. Well, that starts with how you present yourself. How do you speak? Do you, do you speak professionally? Uh -huh. or do I hear profanity coming out of your mouth? Like in a professional setting? How do I dress? How do I act? How do I interact with my, my colleagues? How do I interact with the students? You know, it's, it's all a part of being a, the face of, of the school and the brand. And you have to take ownership of that. If you want to be successful, you have to take that seriously. And you have to say, am I the face of the school today? Do I represent who, you know, am I a representation of my school when I go out into the community? Because a lot of admissions advisors, you know, we need to go out and do career fairs. We need to go out and uh -huh. do community building events. So we have to present ourselves and remember, like, we are the face of the school. And it's a big responsibility. Absolutely. Side note on that, because there are a lot of online schools out there also. And you have some schools that are hybrid, especially since the pandemic, where they're interviewing via Zoom. The way that you show up on Zoom, folks, is the same thing when a student walks into a building and they look at the way that you present yourself. Even if you're in a Zoom meeting with your colleagues, wiping the call out of your eye while you're on the meeting... <laughs> <laughs> on Zoom, come on. The way that you present yourself, it says professionalism. It says that I'm passionate and I care about what I'm doing. All right. Yes. So not only for Brown School, but online folks, when it comes to these Zoom meetings, you really have to show up with your game <laughs> based on too. Right. Yeah. I. That's a good point, Kathy. I, I appreciate you bringing that up because Zoom did change a lot. And, you know, um, I'm very surprised, even like when I help schools interview via uh -huh. Zoom for open admissions roles, I got people coming to interviews in hoodies. And I, I you know, I'm sorry, you don't have the job. Uh -huh. I don't care what your resume is. I, you, you wouldn't walk into to, to an office for an interview wearing a hoodie. So you shouldn't be doing that in on Zoom either. Exactly. Exactly. What else do you have? Any more traits? Oh, um, you know, I think it's really important to be an active listener. Absolutely. So people are just listening. And I think I've I've heard you talk about this a lot, Kathy. We're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And they're they're someone could tell you something horrible, horrible news. And they're like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay dismissive I just got divorced okay 
what? We're, we're not, are we really listening to our students and what they're saying? So I want to challenge you, like every time you're on the phone with the student, please be taking notes. Open up your CRM, type some notes about the conversation, have some, you know, talking points for the next time you're going to speak to them. You know, it, a lot goes into how we listen to people and then you know, when they're sharing with you about their work schedule and, and you're listening and you're typing down like what their schedule is, when you go to look at your calendar to set the appointment and they just told you, I work every day, nine to five. And you say, okay, well, how about, how about tomorrow at one? <laughs> that kills me. I, so just, three I just told you I work from nine to five. How do you think I can do tomorrow at one? <laughs> Listen, take notes. A lot of the writers don't take notes. That, that's the problem, too. So they're yeah. trying to remember everything that was said to them. You're supposed to have a notepad and pen in front of you. Take yeah. some notes. Yeah, and show you that you were listening. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you're not a robot. You're a person. That's why you're there. Because, exactly. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, we need admissions advisors because we are the human element. There's so many, you know, CRMs that have automated systems now. They can send emails. They can send texts. They can robocall. We are the human element. Absolutely. And you know what? That ties into being passionate about this role, right? Because we always talk about the it factor. So we have advisors who understand the role. They know the metrics. They know what the process looks like. But they're missing the it factor, which is the passion and actually wanting to help this person. And yeah. you can tell an advisor who comes in in their computer and you can tell an advisor who's really passionate about seeing this student succeed. You can tell in the follow up. You can tell in their conversations, the type of questions that they're asking. So we need more advisors that are really passionate about this role. And they're not just looking for a job that can pay their bills. Yeah. Absolutely. It's admissions is a hard job and it's not for everyone. Nope. It's not for everyone. It really takes a, a unique and special person to really uh -huh. do this job and do it well. And I think that's why there's a lot of turnover in admissions is because we're not hiring the right person for the role yeah. in the first place. So yeah. if you're, if you're a manager on this, you know, podcast and you're experiencing a lot of turnover, you know, I would just encourage you to really take a look at your interview process, take a look uh -huh. at the candidates that, that, you know, you're bringing in and really take your time with finding the right fit because it really is the most important role at a school. And it, you know, it can't just be, you know, a rash decision. This, no. this is, this is an investment in your school, in your company. This person is the face of your school and your brand. So it's important. Absolutely. Last two points. I would say someone who has a positive mindset and uh, intentional. But when it comes to this role, you have to be able to manage your time effectively because there's a lot of different moving parts. <laughs> okay. You yeah. have all the follow-ups, you have walk-ins, you have people that you're interviewing, you're on the phone, you have incoming calls. There's so many different moving parts. And if you don't have any type of sense of time management, guess what? You're screwed from the yeah. very beginning. But then oh. also you have to be intentional about what you're doing. It goes back to coming in every single day and it's like, all right, let's see what this day is going to bring. And now it's the ending of the day and you've realized you've done absolutely and accomplished nothing. Right? Because you weren't intentional. You want to make calls? All right. Goal yourself to a certain amount of calls that you want to make per hour. 
and then hit the ground running. You want to work a different list. You need to get some more PDLs. Practice that on every single call and every single interview. We have to get our advisors to the point where they're intentional about their business. Yes. Because there's too many nine to fivers. So it's like at 4.59, all right, bye, on to the next day. And some of them don't even take the opportunity to look back on what they've done or what they haven't done for the entire yeah. day. And then the next day just repeats itself. And then guess what? Two weeks later, they're handing in a two weeks notice or a 24 hour notice. And right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think the days of the two week notice are gone. gone. Unfortunately. Gone. Oh, yeah. <sighs> it, it's hard. And, you know, it, it is it is a challenging role. It is. Huh? It is a very challenging role. It's a demanding role. And yeah. you do. You have to be intentional. I 100 I percent agree with you, Kathy. You do. You, you know, I think you have to time block yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to set aside, you know, an hour from here to here to make calls. And then I'm going to set another side an hour here to here to make calls. And then in between, I'm going to set, you know, goals for like three appointments, you know, mm -hmm. you, you have to kind of plan out what you want your day to look like so that you can then fill in those spots. Exactly. Exactly. Well, my last question to you, which is what I ask everyone, where do you see the future of career education? Oh, wow. I think, <laughs> I think, I think that career education is the future. Boom. <laughs> I, I mean, I, all I see is, you know, I year over year growth for career schools year over year. And it doesn't matter if it's a trade school, if it's a beauty school, if it's, you know, um, I'm talking like, you know, trades, like, you know, welding schools, um, you know, beauty schools with cause and massage and, and SD or whether it's, you know, medical trades, um, mm -hmm. every school that's career training is growing year over year and has increased enrollment. And this is what students want. This is what Gen Z wants. They want hands-on training. They want you know, uh, to, to get started with their career right away, right away. Mm -hmm. the opportunity to be their own boss. Like these are the things that are really important to, to generation Z. And what I love is that parents are really kind of coming around. We're seeing a different yeah. parent now too. Parents are open to the idea of career training. They're supporting their students. They're, they're, you know, wanting them to look into the options and decide what's best for them. And being someone that's been in higher ed for, you know, 15, 20 years, this was not always the case. This was not Absolutely always the case. Not. So this is encouraging to me, Kathy. I love this because I am passionate. I, I, I see the benefits of all education. I have worked mm -hmm. at traditional, traditional colleges and universities. I have worked at trade schools. I have worked at beauty schools. And I am just passionate about education because Definitely. education is the key. And every person needs something different when it comes to education and parents are realizing that their child might need something different that didn't work for them yep. or one child is going to go to a community college. One child's going to go to a four-year and one child's going to go to a trade school. That's and right. they're realizing that everybody is different and we just need to support our children to be successful and to, to, you know, go after the life that they've always wanted and, and the, and the dreams that they have, but career schools have such a great opportunity because not only do we get to help people see that they can pursue their dreams, we actually get to partner with them, get them started and 
parents feel better about it because we have things like career placement. We have things yeah. like career services. We have job fairs. We have opportunities to help them through the entire process. So we can feel good about it at the end of the day and say, I know without a doubt, I'm doing what's right by the student, mm -hmm. doing what's right by this family. And I am making this, this school, this institution and myself proud because we are helping the student full circle. We are getting to know them. We're building a relationship. We're building a rapport. We're giving them high quality education in a way that makes sense to them. And then we're helping them get their, their job. We're helping them. We're helping change their life. We're providing for their family and we're, we're helping them truly make a difference. That's where the rubber meets the road, right? Is like you know? people are going to be out in the field and actually doing this for a living. Exactly. And that, that's the beauty of career schools and career training. And I love that, you know, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've believed in it for the last 20 years almost. Mm -hmm. And other people are finally getting to see that too. Exactly. And I love it. I love exactly. It. Thank you so much, Becky. This has been an amazing conversation. And you know, we can go for another three or four hours, right? <laughs> Always. <laughs> but it's been so much fun. You have to come back. <laughs> okay. We will. Okay? We'll, we'll plan it. Exactly. But thank you so much for joining us today, Becky. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And, um, Thank you so much. And I just want to say in closing to all the admissions reps out there, don't give up. Don't give up. There's someone out there who needs you. There's someone out there who uh, you need to change their life. And they're just waiting for your call. They're waiting for your text. They're waiting for their appointment. So don't give up on them. Uh, you know, be the, be the difference, be the light, be the change. And uh, you're in that seat for a reason. So go out and find those people who need you because they're there. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Spoken from a true expert. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, Becky. All right. Thanks, Kathy. All righty. Bye.